It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500. Or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Ray Charles to start us off in the final hour. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, filling in for Tim Weisberg. I finally got the music up and running. Uh, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but but eventually you can, I guess. Uh, Tim is out at the asylum this morning, uh, uh, exploring a haunted asylum in Michigan, as he does every year. So I'm trying to hold down the fort. We've been talking about all sorts of things this morning, a lot about the Star Store and what the latest is, uh, we had a story in the New Bedford Light this morning that uh, uh, the campus feels like it's dying. That was a direct quote from one of the professors at UMass Dartmouth. The reason the professor thought the campus is dying is because the state is simply not funding it adequately enough. The uh, UMass system, unlike the state college system, Bridgewater State College, Salem State College, where I went, uh, are not are, are, are not funded enough out of the taxpayers. They are funded instead out of the tuition and fees. And uh, some of the people out there at UMass Dartmouth think that's one of the reasons why they're consolidating and why they took this really unwise move because I think that store was a bargain it, to close the College of Visual and Performing Arts in downtown New Bedford. We're going to have a couple of students from UMass Dartmouth at 835 come on and talk about what their lives have have been like since that happened. Um, you know, it's uh, we talked a little bit in the first hour about how this generation, the kids are, are too much involved with their phones, too much involved with uh, uh, distractions and really... You know, not like it used to be. And that's true. But as other callers said, if you talk to these kids nowadays, 90% of them are just the greatest, greatest kids. It's just that there's so much more trouble out there, so much easy access to guns, so much violence, um, you know, so much uh, of traditional values that have gone away that it's hard for them. But uh, 
uh, they, they persist nevertheless. So those kids, Fallon Navarro and, and Joe McAvoy, are going to be calling in at the 8.30 hour to talk about that. Uh, something else we've been talking about this morning, and, and you can call in about this if you know anything about it, is, uh, and this is something that I understand both Chris McCarthy and Barry Richard talked about yesterday, uh, uh, City Councilor Ian Abreu, a very popular city councilor who topped the ballot uh, this this year and by a wide margin and topped the ballot two years ago also, walked out of a council meeting. I guess there was a, uh, the, a property committee meeting was just ending and um, another meeting was beginning ordinance committee, I think it was. And um, uh, there was some sort of interaction at the council that was so disturbing to him, so... Um, sophomoric or juvenile that he felt it necessary to walk out. So Councilor Abreu is going to to um, come in and, and talk about what that was uh, at 10 o'clock with Chris McCarthy. So make sure you, you tune in. If you know more about it now, you might uh, be able to call me and tell me about it. 508-996-0500 is the number. So, you know, we've had a lot of dysfunction in the city council, I think it's fair to say, these last couple of years. Um, uh, there are a couple of uh, uh, individuals, um, uh, Gilly Sapiolis and uh, Carlos Felix, who attend the councils, who've had a, um, I think it's fair to say, a tense relationship with Council President Linda Morad and some of the other councils. I think Councilor Maria Giesta has also been um, disturbed by them. I think that they have a right to be there. They're citizens. Um, they have things to say. You might not agree with them. You may think that they are rude. If they are rude, then then they should, you know, not that that should not be tolerated. I hope they're not. I, I don't go to the council meetings all the time, so I don't always know what's happening. But I get reports when things do happen and um I was um disappointed to to learn that that there was evidently some sort of inter interactions that were uh, if what I'm hearing is correct, juvenile at best, uh, unprofessional at worst, and um, I, I think that's too bad. We have a call on the line, so let's go to them. You're on the air with Jack Spillane and WBSM. Good morning, Jack. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. Yes, great job as always. Thank you. I think no matter what we talk about, Jack, it boils down to accountability. And we are holding our city officials, our state officials, they're not accountable for anything, Jack. And they don't have to explain anything to us because the more they screw us, the more we get right back in line and put them right back in office, Jack. And all they do is fill us up with the good words. Yeah, well, promises. I, I can't I can't disagree with you, but when you have only 13% of the voters turning out, that means that 87% we didn't hear from. And I went to vote, Jack. I'm sorry? I said I went to vote. So did I. Yes, and, and I did not vote for any incumbent because, Jack, all you hear from people, they want to vote for change, vote for change, and then they tell you, I'm going to vote for the same person I did last election. Jack, our taxes are going through the roof. And yep. we put the same people in that have raised our taxes, Jack. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, and the, the same people that raised the taxes 
claim that it's not their fault. And the even though they've been Jack, in there for, for years and years Jack, and years. I listen every day, and the counselors come in, Jack, and they tell us verbatim absolutely beautiful things. And then they leave the office, and they screw us, and they take care of themselves, Jack. Yes. Well, I have Council President Linda Morad and, and Councilor Sean Oliver, a freshman counselor and a long-term counselor, coming in tomorrow. So we'll see what they have to say to that. You know, I, I do think that you know, the counselors were returned, and you have to say that even though you and I may think that the incumbents, it's time for them to go, there's a lot of people out there that like them because they do win. We had strong candidates As this year. As we are failing, Jack. Yeah. As we are failing, Jack, they love their counselors. Yeah. I mean, so... They're failing, Jack. Well, may we are absolutely failing. I mean, we can talk beautiful. It's all positive. Jack, the mayor's putting blow dryers in the number one seaport in the United States of America, Jack. Blow dryers? Well, we'll call them windmills. Blow okay. dryers, windmills, <laughs> electricity in the in the in the number one seaport in America, Jack. Well, they're not in the seaport. The parts are in the seaport. Well, Jack, yeah. it's yeah. not good for the number one seaport, Jack. If you take away fishing out of New Bedford, Jack, what do we have left? Well, the mayor says he's not taking fishing out I of New Bedford. I don't care what the mayor says. He's doing a terrible job, and he shouldn't have been reelected, Jack. He is killing the waterfront, Jack. I think he the got folks six. Are four deep at the <laughs> waterfront, Jack. Stop with the Jack, Jack, Jack. We know what my name is. Sixty-three uh, percent of the of the public voted for him. Why is yeah. that? Like I said, we're failing, and the people get right back in line to put the same people in. So, so what I'm saying is that as much as you and I can criticize them, and I do criticize them, you know, I think that there are people that think that they're doing a good job. You know, I, I, I because they're misinformed, Jack. Think about it like this, Jack. When the Lieutenant Governor Healy was in Mexico in a foreign country. We had people here at WBSM that were saying the best choice for governor of Massachusetts is Maura Healy. They have since rescinded their comments, but these are what we call highly educated, Ivy League educated yep. people, Jack, yep. that are misleading the public. Yep, I agree. I agree. I mean, what was confusing about seeing Maura Healy giving out information to come to Massachusetts? What was confusing about that? Well, she had a very weak opponent. I think she was lucky in that she had a weak opponent. Yeah, but a bad day with Jeff Deal beats a good day with Maura Healy. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, I, I, well, I do maybe say, nothing, Jack. I mean, think about what they're doing to Massachusetts, Jack. Well, one, of the, one of the people I'm really disappointed in is UMass President Marty Meehan, who supposedly has known people down here for a long, long time. You know, he, he's got to have known Bill Keating. He's got to have known Bonnie Frank and all those people. And he comes to the university a couple of weeks ago and is lecturing at a political science class. But New Bedford has lost his school and he can't even take two miles out of his schedule to come over to New Bedford and talk and explain why he closed that school. Why it's his chancellor closed that school? Because there's no pressure put on him by the mayor of the city council. It's the same thing with the streets are being overrun by illegals. We're filling every hotel. But if you notice, there is no conversation amongst the councilors to put heat on the mayor, to put heat on the state delegation. It's all don't. There's nothing to see here. Everything's great. The city's beautiful. We're building. We're doing that. 
And in the meantime, we're closing up shop, Jack. Well, the undocumented are in motels in Fairhaven and Dartmouth. I don't think they're in the city yet, right? I mean, there are. I don't know lot- when the last time you was down on Cushnet Avenue, but I would suggest to you respectfully, please go down there and see if oh, you can find anybody. Come on, I'm probably I'm, I'm probably down there more than you are. I'm, I'm down there all the time. They are undocumented. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, the, the seafood houses, that's where they work. The, um, the, the landscapers. They closed up Blue Harvest. Well, Blue the Harvest biggest, is closed, the biggest, but the biggest, the biggest, uh, fishing spot in, in the city, the, the biggest fishing plant. We just closed the doors, Jack. Right. But there's lots of others still open and, and the, the landscapers, the, the, uh, We're not pe- holding city government yeah. of, accountable. We've had we've had problems with the the office of the elections so, constantly being misled. So but let me ask you this: So how do we get more people to vote so that 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 we can get rid of some of the incumbents? How do we get more people uh, I, to vote? I, I think I think it that that's a very good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think we need to speak the truth to the people. In other words, when we see a lieutenant governor in Mexico. We need to tell the people this is a bad thing, this is treasonous activities and should not be going on, rather than telling them that is, I think, our best vote at this time. I I wonder if a lot of people don't even pay attention to news anymore. They're just on their phones watching um, music videos and and watching sports and and well you know. know you know long before music videos the parents used to complain about Elvis dancing on the TV and they wouldn't show him below the waist that's right but again it's not holding city officials accountable for what is going on in New Bedford okay the lines are all lit up so uh, you, awesome. you you you've, well, you've, you've, you've interested people thank you my call have a sweet day okay bye bye good call you're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. You're on the air, caller. You're, you're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Yeah, good morning, Jack. Good morning. You know, when you have uh, Bohier signs the day before the election, and a guy calls your radio station and says he, uh, he went to the election, uh, the office, and uh, he didn't have enough uh, signs to put out, he put it the day before because it was more convenient for him in Ward 1 and Ward 2, according to Mr. Muldoon that called in Chris's show. Uh, why would anybody want to vote when there's appearance of uh, shenanigans going on? You well, know, C- Council President Morad was, was on Chris's show uh, this week, and, and she's pretty sharp about these things, and she said she thought it was just an accident. You know, oh, that- really? That, that those kind it's of things. Just an accident. There's just a lot of coincidence going on. Well, I, I, uh, I think voting that tabulations, the machines don't match up with the ballots. According to Mr. Muldoon, uh, the moving company moves around uh, the voting machines and the ballots uh, to the polling places. Uh, but let me just say this: uh, you got Joe Lowe's, basically same people, same results. You got a circus act going there. And the city council, you only need a trapeze act. Uh, Linda Morad with her, you know, uh, it's, it's all about ego. It's not the clash of the titans, it's the clash of the egos. Uh, you got Joe Lopes, uh, second go-around. And you got a new guy on the block, Leo Choquette, in Ward 1. And uh, obviously you have Sean Oliver in Ward 3. Well, that's and new then all you have is an exchange of insults where you have uh, Ian Abreu, uh, walking out or barging out of uh, city council chambers 
Uh, we got a, we got a lot of problems in the city. We got businesses that are closing and leaving, and we got nonprofit organizations coming here wrecking numbers because they're feeding at the trough of uh, government subsidies. And uh, before I end this call, uh, you know, the city, 46% of the city budget is for the public schools. And according to Joe Lopes, he says uh, 85% of the city budget is fixed costs and mandates, state mandates. 15% is negotiable and it's discretionary. And then I heard Ian Abreu, that was on there a week uh, before, said it's actually 75% of fixed costs and mandates. And they only have 25% uh, to make cuts. Which all right, is, uh, all right. You, you, all right. You're a good caller. You're a good caller. You make good points. And we do have a lot of problems here in New Bedford. I got to go to a commercial. Okay. We're back with Jack Spillane. And we got a caller on the line that we'll go to right now. You're on the air. Good morning, Jack. Morning. Yeah, that guy that kept calling you Jack, man, He, I felt him. He's right on target. Jack, let's go back to the Star Store and talk about that. Okay. If 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 the if the city of New Bedford was hustling and bustling, right? Would that have happened to the Star Store? I, I don't think it would. If you've been down there lately at night, it's just closed up as dark as a drum. Uh, you just uh, it's a whole different feel to the downtown. There you go. So that's the reason, Jack, because. If Marty Meehan felt as though he would get any pushback, that campus would have never got shut down. The problem is, and I said it before, the problem is Boston does not pay attention to New Bedford. Why don't they pay attention to New Bedford? Because we have a 13% turnout rate. So think about that. 13% in New Bedford. What does that look like in the bigger picture of Massachusetts? That people don't care. So the reason why this happens is because they know they can get away with it. Because if they were to get pushback and lose, for example, uh, support from constituents from like the, across the board, they wouldn't do things like that. And, you know, like this whole Ian Abreu thing really aggravates me. I love Ian. Great guy. You know what I mean? However, he, he has a job to do. And what would happen if you were in your job and you walked out? I probably would get fired. Yeah, damn right. So who says that this is okay, regardless of what happens? My boss tells me a lot of things that I don't like. But you you got to kind of take it in, right? Be objective, think about it, and then, you know, you respectfully disagree. Or you do it. You don't walk out. Yeah, Isn't I think being paid? Aren't I, counselors paid? I think Ian... If I understand, I haven't talked to him yet, but I, I I think Ian may have been trying to make a point about that. So we'll see what he has to say when he comes on Chris McCarthy's show at ten o'clock. But my my guess is that he was trying to make a point by doing that. Okay, Jack, and I understand. However, if you were to make a point, what would happen to you? Yeah, you I, know what I'm saying. You know, I I, I I always try to be on the team with whoever I'm working for. <laughs> like, you I, know. I understand. And, let's, and and here's another thing that boggles my mind. Like, not even two weeks ago, uh, Linda Morad, not even two weeks ago, a week ago, Linda Morad was on uh, the radio saying how the council all gets along and they're great. Here we are a week later or a few weeks later after the election. Nobody gets along anymore? What's I know. It, it, we have to are find, people, we have to find people, out what happened. Listen, Carl, I'm right up against the 830 News, so I've got to go to that, but good points. Yeah, have a good day. Yep. 
Democratic House lawmakers were among those evacuated Wednesday night after a pro-Palestinian rally outside the DS headquarters of the Democratic National Committee turned violent. Around 150 people were outside calling for a ceasefire in the ongoing Israel-Hamas war when a clash erupted with police. Police evacuated the DNC headquarters, including House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries. The Senate has passed a stopgap bill to fund the government and avoid a shutdown. Yesterday's vote was 87 to 11, with just 60 votes needed to pass the bill that extends government funding through early next year. It will now head to President Biden's desk to be signed. A majority of Americans now support a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war, according to a new poll. The Reuters Ipsos poll released Wednesday showed nearly 70% of people surveyed said the Israeli government should pursue a ceasefire, including three quarters of Democrats and half of Republicans. California is getting the $3 million it asked for to fix a Los Angeles freeway. The emergency funding comes from the Department of Transportation and will offset initial costs. The Interstate 10 freeway was damaged Saturday in a fire underneath an overpass. Unionized Starbucks baristas are going on strike for one day today. Thousands of employees across the nation will hit the picket lines on the company's Red Cup Day, a popular promotional event when Starbucks gives out holiday-themed reusable cups. And Kevin Hart is being awarded the 25th Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. The the comedian will accept the award on March 24th in a ceremony at the Kennedy Center. The award is named for iconic novelist and humorist Samuel, Samuel Clemens, known by the pen name Mark Twain. In sports, the Bruins have won three of their last four games, and David Pasternak is leading the team in scoring. He has 11 goals and 13 assists for 24 points through 15 games played. The Black and Gold will be looking to continue their start to the season when they host the Montreal Canadiens Saturday night at TD Garden. The Celtics extended their winning streak to four games after taking down the 76ers 117-107 in Philadelphia. Jason Tatum led the team in scoring with 29 points to go along with eight rebounds and six assists. Drew Holiday recorded a double-double with 18 points and 10 rebounds, and Derek White chipped in with 27 points. Tomorrow night, Boston will visit the Toronto Raptors. And Patriots quarterback Mac Jones appears to be losing the confidence of his teammates. Former tight end Rob Gronkowski recently said that Jones is not respected in New England and that he should ask for his release. The 25-year-old has thrown for 2,031 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions this season. Next week, the Patriots will visit the New York Giants. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Happy Thursday, everybody. We're waking up to clear and cool temperatures in the mid to low 40s. Not that cool as we were yesterday for this afternoon. Plenty of sunshine. Gorgeous afternoon out there today in the lower 60s. Overnight, we could be seeing a little bit of patchy fog, increasing clouds, temps in the upper 30s. And then for tomorrow, what a gorgeous day. Dry, breezy, mild temperatures in the mid 60s with partial sunshine. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist. Del Carmen on New Bedford News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app.
that's a blast from the past. A little bit of Garrett Stringer saying, where is love? And you might ask on the city council, where is love? It does not seem to be found in some quarters of the city council these days. Um, I have a correction to make. Uh, evidently, I had misinformation. Uh, Councilor Ian Abel will be on with Chris McCarthy in the 9 o'clock hour, not the 10 o'clock hour. So if you wanted to listen to that, make sure you stay stay tuned in the next half hour. And um, I have uh, uh, some guests coming on right now, but I'm going to go just to a quick call because I have the guest call. You've been hanging on, so I'll, I'll let you go quickly. But I do have two guests coming on. Uh, good morning. I'll be real quick. Uh, thank you. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, good for Ian Abel for standing up for himself. Finally, uh, you know, after turning the cheek and, and offering olive branches, uh, you know, multiple times, this isn't the first time he's been degraded or, or attacked by uh, the, the city councilor, uh, Linda Morad. So I'm, I'm glad that he's finally uh, making it public uh, and, and going to let people know, uh, you know. Okay, Carla. So, so I know you, I know you were there at that event, and um, I want to hear more about this, but I do have to go to my guests. But okay. but we, I appreciate you hanging on, and, and you, you added some valuable information there. Thank you. Okay, have a good one. All right. And now we have... Uh, Fallon Navarro and is Jill McAvoy here too? All so Fallon. Yeah, yeah oh. we're both here. Well, welcome, ladies. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on the air. Um, so, for my listening audience, these are two of the um, young women who have led the protests um, at UMass Dartmouth. Um, they are MFA students in ceramics, and they are here to talk about. We are more than halfway through the semester about what the conditions are at UMass Dartmouth and what their semester has been like after the chancellor abruptly closed their campus two weeks before school was uh, to start. So I'll, I'll start with you, Fallon. Uh, why don't you tell us about what things are going on over there? Sure. So we are 70% through the semester now. We only have 29 days left. And we've spent the entire semester in ceramics unable to do any research. We can't finish any of our work still because we just don't have the facilities available to us to use. The former bed, bath, and beyond that they put us in still isn't set up and ready. It doesn't have any of the equipment we need. And right now we only have access to four of these 37 facilities that were advertised to us on the CVPA website, so it's really hampered our education this semester. Wow, it's just just unbelievable. And um, in, in particular, ceramic students are affected this because you make your your creations in these um, sort of uh, furnaces called kilns, which are uh, uh, they're either gas fired or wood fired or electric fired, and they they help you heat up the materials you use. Talk about um, the difficulty you've had getting kilns. Yeah, we don't we don't have any kilns, unfortunately. No gas, no electric, none of the specialty kilns. And it's uh, we need the kilns to be able to take our work from being fragile and unfired to making it the hardened ceramics that you would use for a coffee mug or, you know, anything like that. But we need that for our work to progress and all of the graduate students have been extremely affected by this situation, but for ceramics, we heavily rely on specialized equipment, so it's really hurt our education a lot. 
Wow. And I know that you went up to Boston and uh, got on the Jim and Marjorie radio program and, and Governor Healy, Governor Mara Healy was the guest that day. And you asked her to help get a meeting with Chancellor Mark Fuller. Have you gotten that meeting yet? We did. It took 88 days for him to meet with us after we left the Star Store. And it still was not what we had asked for. We wanted to have a meeting with all of the graduate students so that we could have our needs addressed. But this was a meeting just with some of the ceramic graduate students. And when we talked to him during this meeting and asked for another meeting with him, with every student, they told us they didn't see the value in doing that. And they didn't think that that could happen. So I don't think we ever really got the meeting we were hoping for with him, even still. Wow, that's disappointing. And um, tell me about um, uh, your um, uh, why you came to UMass Dartmouth. I know Fallon, you're from New Mexico, and Jill, I think you're from New York State. Uh, How how did you end up here, and and is this what you expected? Well, um, we definitely came here for the extensive list of facilities that was advertised to us and promised. it's, you know, it was an incredible program with um, amazing um, kiln facilities. And that's one of the largest um, parts of the program that's advertised. Um, the, how many gas kilns? I think it's like seven gas kilns. That um, It's really unique to have a program with that many um, gas kilns. And now they're telling us they're never going to be putting gas kilns into the Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, so that's going to be never really part of the program now, um, except maybe one that they'll put on main campus. But those take months or years to even put together. Um, so it really is mainly the facility. Yes, the faculty, um, but it's hard to get everything out of the faculty when we don't have the proper space to make our work. Yeah. So so you are not getting the education that you were promised with when you, when you came here. Uh, can I ask you, how, how much does it cost to go to UMass Dartmouth from out of state these days? Um. Quite remember how much it's um, right now. Around fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Like Is that 20, just uh, it, it maybe twenty? I think um, it was yeah, like twenty thousand a semester around. And is that just tuition, or does that include fees? Um, with tuition and fees, it's yeah around yeah. that. Um, depending, of course, on how many credits you're taking. So twenty thousand dollars a semester, and there are six semesters to get a graduate degree. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, so 60 credits, um, and we can't just transfer because I know, like, that was one of the things that they said that we could so defer or we could transfer or withdraw, right. but we we get 60 credits here, and if we tried to transfer to another school, you can only ever transfer six credits. So we'd be losing thousands of dollars worth of credits Investment. if we left. Yeah, I, I understand that they, they offered you to be able to withdraw and take only a partial uh penalty of your your tuition but that seems unfair when none of this was your fault right we don't really have any other option if even if we did withdraw so we kind of are stuck here and have to work through this and stay till the end so if it's twenty thousand dollars a semester am i understanding this correctly that that'll be a hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the three years um i'm not completely it depends like yeah also i have an assistantship um, so that um, changes my tuition sure, amount. Sure, sure. But you're um, working for that. You're, you're teaching undergraduates, right. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's still like, even though I'm not paying with money or the full amount with money, I'm paying with my work and time. But I would um, say essentially, yeah, like 100000 probably. Like, yeah. especially, and then if you're out of an international student, uh, even more. $100,000, and this is the way that that university has treated you. I, I just I just can't believe that this is going down. Um, I, I, I know that, you know, you guys are young people. You, you, you don't really, you know, have an easy access to a lawyer. Have, have you been able to, to uh, make any progress with getting a lawyer? Not yet, really. I mean, I'm not – I think it's kind of hard right now because – it's UMass, and I guess, you know, no one, essentially the state, too, and it's a hard case to take on. I think it's intimidating for people to want to take on UMass. Yeah. Um, and for us, like, we, we just want to get the education and, like, what we were promised when we came here, and we just want there to be accountability mm-hmm. in the situation, which I feel like there hasn't been. Yeah. Well, I hope Senator Martigny and Mayor Mitchell will be able to do more for you, maybe help you get a lawyer because I think, you know, in my columns, there's been a lot of talk about how this has hurt downtown New Bedford, but you guys are like roadkill in this whole thing. You have been just trampled on by your own university two weeks before classes were to be begun. Uh, I had a column this week where um, I wrote that Chancellor Fuller, when he decided to do this, he never picked up the phone and said to, to, to call either Mayor Mitchell or Senator Martigny to say, look at, they didn't fund it. You, 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 I, I understand you tried to make a point with developer Paul Downey. You didn't fund the, the school this year. I, I'm going to have to close this down. He never called to try to work it out with them. I, I, I just, I just can't believe any of this is happening. Yeah, we, we can't either, honestly. I think moving out of the start or the way we did was one thing, and that was really, really hard, like hurtful, and it really derailed us. But then every day since then, it feels like there's been a very conscious choice to not be providing us with the facilities, the education, the answers we need moving forward still. Yeah, and Fallon, I know that I've seen some of your work. It's just very intricate and sort of like latticed, latticed work. It's it's just breathtaking, and, and you've had a hard time because of your lack of access to facilities and all the upheaval. You know, getting things done this year. Uh, can you talk a little bit about you know what it's been like trying to work? Yeah, it's been. It's been almost impossible. It's been very difficult. I only just fired my piece in, like, the first kiln, like, of the semester last week. And at the start where I would have been firing sometimes, like, three times a week, you know, since the beginning. So I've really not been able to work. And I am going into my thesis exhibition, which will be next semester. So this was supposed to be the time where I'm able to make and fire the most work. But now what should take me 15 minutes takes two hours i'm breaking my work when i'm trying to move it because as you said it's it's very fragile and in the dry state it's like it's impossible to move yeah yeah and how about you jill how, how has it affected your work um it's been very challenging i've been working out of like three different studio spaces trying to make it work and i'm one of the good amount of grads that don't have a car and so i've transported on the bus unfired ceramic work which is just so far from ideal um these are incredibly fragile things that can't survive that kind of thing um 
and I've been trying to work as a Bed Bath and Beyond, um, but it's hard to even feel motivated in the space. Um, and also, like we don't even have proper sinks um, in the building, so like water access is even a struggle. Uh. Um, so, so it's just hard from every step of the process. Like instead of sinks, we have trash cans full of water that we're given to use to wash up things. Yeah, I have a picture of those trash bins, and I, I hope to run it with one of my articles uh, sooner or later. Um, this is commercial AM radio, um, ladies, so I have to wrap up quickly. Um, I, I know that you have a um, you were hoping to have a um, a, a Christmas um, uh, storefront uh, showing some of your works. Is that still happening? And and anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Please say it. We are working on getting that set up right now, but we are going to be having a sale hopefully sometime in the near future. And we're still trying to be active in New Bedford because we did come here for the Star Store, but we also came here for the community. And that's the only place where we feel like we've gotten a lot of support. (laughs) Jill? Yeah, no, um, I don't know exactly when our sale will be. I think probably mid-December. But yeah, just like Fallon, um, we still love New Bedford and want to be connected to New Bedford as much as we can. We're heartbroken. We're in a strip mall in Dartmouth. Um, and we're like barely in a strip mall in Dartmouth. It's a kind of an unuseful space right now, except like for a table. So, yeah. um, yeah, well, difficult, so, but we're trying. So WBSM listening audience, we, we talked about young people today. These are the kind of quality young women that are spending thousands of dollars for their tuition and have been misused by the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth uh, this semester. I hope that people will get behind and get on their their phones and call Senator Montigny and call Mayor Mitchell and call Chancellor Fuller and, and tell them what you think uh, about this. It's just been outrageous. I have to go to a, a commercial, Fallon and Jill. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Okay, it's not Tim Weisberg, it's Jack Spillane, and we have about a minute to go before we wrap up the uh, program. And we have one more call on the line, so you're on the air on WBSM. You have about a minute. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, I, 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 I would strongly recommend to these, to these young ladies who are just on that they work as a group, that they collect all of the written communications they have from the university and... And advertisements where they have seen the University of Massachusetts School of Art offering a, a master's degree and, and take it from there. Because it sounds like there's going to be no assistance from the school. That, that, that reminds me of one of the, the fish that they, they threw a couple of years back at people in this area when they started calling. About 20 seconds, Mark. And to my mind, I mean, every, every school doesn't become. All right, that was a uh, former register of, of probate, registrar uh, uh, of deeds, rather, uh, Mark Treadup, former school committee member and city councilor, recommending these UMass Dartmouth students, um, and he's a quality guy who knows when he speaks. See you tomorrow.